Good morning, good morning, good morning, beloveds. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. I'm certainly grateful and thankful to be able to connect with you once again for another walk through the Word of God. Welcome to our Tuesday Old Testament Word Walk that comes from the St. James Missionary Baptist Church of Rocky Mount, North Carolina. I'm certainly grateful and thankful to have each of you connected with us, uh, whether you're joining us Tuesday morning or Tuesday evening for the rebroadcast. I'm certainly grateful and thankful that you have connected with us today. As we continue in our study of the book of Leviticus, today we're going to embark on Leviticus chapter number 12, which is a relatively short chapter. Uh, so today we're going to wrap up our lesson on the standards of human life and living. Uh, there is something there that we have already talked about uh, pertaining to mankind and how mankind was to govern himself. And we're going to continue in that vein as we look at chapter 12. Uh, there are only eight verses um, in the 12th chapter of Leviticus. So uh, we're going to dive right in. I pray and trust that you have your handout and you have your Bible and your note-taking material and you are ready to walk through the Word of God with us. But of course, before we begin our study of the Word of God, it is important that we seek the Lord in prayer, asking God to open up our understanding and the riches of his word. Join me now, if you would, let's pray together. Most holy and all wise God, we come before you now telling you, thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for our life, our health, our strength. Thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and your love toward us. How you continue to look beyond our every fault and yet supply every one of our needs. God, we say thank you. God, I pray now that as we've come together this Tuesday to walk through your word, I pray and ask now that you would guide us, give us clarity of speech, clarity of thought. We wanna be found rightly dividing your word to these, your people. God, I'm so glad to know that even though the grass may wither, even though the flowers may fade, your word will continue to stand forever. Stand up in us now, speak to us, speak through us that your name and your name alone be glorified. This is my prayer, God, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. So, people of God, we have been looking at the book of Leviticus, and we have looked at this lesson that has dealt with the physicality or the physical health of humankind, of God's chosen people, God's chosen nation, Israel. Um, one of the things that we have discovered uh, so far between chapters 10 and 11, uh, we have seen the importance of pure lives, pure living, clean lives, clean living. Um, we often have heard people say cleanliness is next to godliness. And I pray that you see that uh, as we have looked at chapters 10 and 11, and we're going to continue in that vein uh, through chapter 15. Um, because after we wrap up chapter 12, chapters 13, 14, and 15 continue to deal with the life and the living, but it transforms or it transposes a little bit away from the physical back to the spiritual. But there's one major theme that I know that you all have continued to see. Uh, this particular study has helped us to understand that God wants us to be holy in every area of our lives. 
not just spiritually, but even physically, how we take care of our bodies, how we preserve our minds, how we preserve our spirits. God wants us to make sure that we are paying attention to everything as it relates to his creation. Remember, the word of God teaches us that it's not what goes in a man that defileth him, it's what comes out of him. So we've got to make sure, as 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, 19 and 20 tell us, we've got to make sure that we honor God with not just our spirit man, but even our bodies. All of it. All of it. Psalm 24, uh, verse 1 is another reference of that. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. We must always remember that we are representatives of the kingdom of God. So we want to get started with our study today as we continue uh, our walk through the book of Leviticus. We want to take a look at uh, this particular uh, portion of the word of God. Uh, in today's lesson, we're going to take a look at chapter number 12. In Leviticus chapter number 12, we're going to talk about the standards of human life and living. But more particularly, we want to talk about clean and healthy childbirth. It's found right there, point number three, if you're following along with the handout. Point number three, clean and healthy childbirth. We're looking at Leviticus chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. And uh, as we have done uh, for the last couple of sessions, I'm going to read the entire passage, the entire chapter. Uh, it should be relatively quick today. There are only eight verses uh, in this particular passage. So let's take a look at it. Leviticus chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. From the English Standard Version, we find these words. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the people of Israel saying, if a woman conceives and bears a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days. As at the time of her menstruation, she shall be unclean. And on the eighth day, the, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. Then shall she continue, then she shall continue rather, for 33 days in the blood of her purifying. She shall not touch anything holy, nor come into the sanctuary, until the days of her purifying are completed. Verse five, but if she bears a female child, then she shall be unclean two weeks as in her menstruation, and she shall continue in the blood of her purifying for 66 days. And when the days of her purifying are completed, whether for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting a lamb, a year old for a burnt offering and a pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. And he shall offer it before the Lord and make atonement for her. Then shall she be clean from the flow of her blood. This is the law for her who bears a child, either male or female. Verse eight. And if she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves and two pigeons, one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. And the priest shall make atonement for her and she shall be clean. Now, much like with us, beloveds, the birth of a child is supposed to be seen as a joyous time. 
All right. We, we understand that it, it, it wasn't the child's birth that makes the mother unclean. All right. That's one of the first things that we are seeing here as God graciously makes provision for the cleaning and the restoration of anyone who becomes defiled. We have seen that already in chapters 10 and 11. God always gives mankind an opportunity to clean up after he messes up. You know, last week we were talking about how God told Moses to tell the children of Israel that if they touched anything and they were unclean, if they touched the, the, the carcass of a dead animal and then went in the house and touched something in the house, that thing that they touched became defiled and it was to be thrown away. Remember we talked about that last week, that if they had a canister of food and something got in the canister of food that defileth not just the food, but the canister, the food was to be thrown out, the canister was to be broken. So God is continually giving mankind an opportunity to clean up after he messes up or clean up after he defiles. So now that we're getting into chapter 12, it should be no surprise to us that chapter 12 deals with the law concerning giving birth, the law concerning giving birth. Keep in mind, beloveds, as I forestated, it wasn't the child's birth that made the mother unclean. But according to scripture, it's the flow of blood that followed the birth. All right? It, it, and so it's this moment that we understand and we should see that this defilement here, when it comes to a child, was not because of sin. All right? According to verse 4, the mother only needed purification. It was ritual purification after the delivery so that she could be able to once again enter the tabernacle and worship God again. All right. Now, what we are beginning to see as we look at chapter 12 is we're seeing regulation being put in place. All right. In, in verses one through five, Moses here is fulfilling the instructions as God gives them to uh, the nation of Israel. He said that the mother was to experience bleeding, according to verses four and five, and then even verse seven, as well as the secretion of bodily fluids that made her, watch this, ceremonially unclean, all right? We're talking about ritual purification. We're talking about making sure that not only are we watching what we do spiritually to maintain the body, we've got to also make sure that we're doing what it takes to maintain the body physically, all right? Point number A, letter A, under the handout, uh, under point number three is where I'm going. We've got to strive to keep our bodies clean as we keep our souls holy. I want to say that again. We, we must strive, even as believers, to keep our bodies clean as we keep our souls holy. All right? Nothing in Leviticus chapter 12 has to do with being um, unclean, sinful. I'm, 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 I'm choosing my words here to develop a, a, a pattern here. 
Nothing is there to make it look like we are sinful or that the woman is sinful, all right? Nothing here in Leviticus 12 should be interpreted to teach that sexuality or childbirth is dirty or that pregnancy is defiling or that babies are impure. According to Genesis 1:27, God created human male and female. And he told them that male and female were to reproduce, replenish the earth. All right. In verse 31 of Genesis chapter one, he said there that it was good. He commanded in verse 28 that we were to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. All right. So, so if for some reason, Pregnancy was unwanted. Here's what's being taught here. They were, to, they were being taught that abortion or aborting the baby would not be an option. All right? So when we get through chapter 12, when we get to verse 3, we see the guidelines being put in place. The guidelines are put in place. In verse 3, he says that after eight days with a male child being born, the male child is to be circumcised. Now, basically, again, the whole process and the whole understanding here was to make sure that both mother and child were kept ceremonially clean, ceremonially pure, all right? This, this, this circumcision was basically set for making sure that the male child was well taken care of and protect them from possible sickness carried by infection. It's one of the reasons why the word of God also says in verse um, number, let me get my eyes on it, in, in, in verse number four, that when she had a male child, she was to be um, kept out of the temple, away from the, the tabernacle for 33 days. If it was a female child, it was 66 days, all right? All of that was to make sure that both mother and child were well taken care of. You know, um, I remember growing up, you know, back in the old days, that was something that our grandmothers and our mothers, my mother, my grandmother, uh, were very, very staunch and particular about that once they had a baby, once mama had a baby, she was to stay in for the first month, for the first 30 days. And basically that was to make sure that both mama and baby had time to build and rebuild their immune system so that they would not get sick. We don't see too much of that anymore, all right? Now, one of the things that has really caught my attention, and I'm sure somebody is going to ask, is, well, pastor, why is it that it was twice as long for a female as it was for a male? Well, I can tell you now, scripture does not give us any definite reason as to why, all right? It's, there's no proof, you know, there's nothing in scripture that basically says that, all right? The only thing that the Bible does say, all right, is according to Genesis chapter 3, verse 16, that the daughter would one day be subject to the judgment that was placed on Eve. 
That's recorded in Genesis 3.16. But why God would double the confinement of the mother because of the sex of the child, something she had no control over, we really don't know. The Bible does not um, specify or tell us why God gave that instruction. All right. We, we must make sure also that we understand that this is not to punish the husband. All right. By doubling the time. God perhaps established these regulations. Dr. Tony Evans said this. God perhaps established these regulations primarily for the health of the mother and the bonding to her daughter. All right. Since the social structure of Israel was predominantly masculine, sons were more welcomed than daughters. So because of that, we, we see here that with God already saying that the daughter will have to face the judgment. Now go back to Genesis chapter three and let's see what that judgment was. According to Genesis chapter three, after they had sinned in the garden of Eden, remember God said to Eve that childbirth and childbearing would be painful. She would suffer much. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and look at it real quick. We got time today. Short lesson. Genesis chapter number three. Let's go back over there. Um, let, me, let me get my eyes on it. I just preached this not too long ago. Uh, Genesis chapter uh, three, verse 16. English Standard Version says, to the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. So what are we saying here? Here's what we're saying. We're saying basically that there is an understanding. God places an understanding that because of Eve's sin in the garden, childbirth is now painful. Childbirthing is difficult. All right. The next thing we see, according to verse three, circumcision, circumcision was established in Genesis chapter 17 under Abraham. All right. Each male child, when they become a child of the covenant, would be circumcised and named eight days after their birth. All right. All of this here is basically protecting the child, making sure that the man child did not um, obtain any infection, um, any, any, any situation, any sickness um, in that particular place. It was there to make sure that they remained clean and holy. All right? At that time, mama and child were to stay away from the sanctuary. Why? They were considered unclean ceremonially unclean, all right? After that eight days and after that 33 days for the male, the 66 days for the female, then we get to the remaining verses, which basically show us what takes place, all right? In, in, in verse number six, verse six, it says, when the days of her purifying are complete, whether it was for a son or a daughter, she was to bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting a lamb for a burnt offering, 
or a pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. All right. In case the mother was poor or lived in poverty, according to verse eight, two turtle doves and two young pigeons would do. All right. Basically, this basically made sure that not only were they physically pure, but also ceremonially pure. All right. Basically, this was a matter of sacrifice. The burnt offering symbolizes the dedication to God as she returns to normal life. And the sin offering took care of her defilement involved in the birth process. All right. No matter. Look at this now. It also reminded them that every child, no matter how beautiful or delightful they are, according to Psalm 51 and 5 and Psalm 58 verse 3, were born in sin and shaped in iniquity, therefore needing God for salvation. I want to say that one more time. No matter how beautiful they are, Psalm 51, verse 5, David said, I was born in sin. I was shapen. I was formed in iniquity. So I need God to create in me a clean heart, renew within me a right spirit. I need God to have mercy upon me. Come on, somebody. No matter how good, here's the message. Here's the revelatory message. No matter how good we may look, no matter how beautiful things are, no matter how much together we think we got it, you still need God. You still need God. Letter B under point three is my point that I'm trying to drive. Just as God is concerned about our holiness, he's also concerned about our health. That's the whole summary of chapter 12 here. Chapter 12 in a nutshell is summarized right there. That God is concerned about your health and your holiness. God says, I wish above all things. You know what the word of God says? That you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So we can't get away from it. We can't get away from it. How gracious of God to make allowances for the poor who couldn't even afford a lamb. All right? As brief as chapter 12 is, the whole point of chapter 12 is to show God's loving concern for the family. God cares about us not only spiritually, but physically, emotionally, financially. God is concerned. All right? I guess that's one of the reasons why we need to remember that Jesus told us in Mark chapter 10, verse 14, suffer the little children to come unto me. And forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. He said that unless you approach me as a child, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. So that, that's basically chapter 12 in a nutshell. Basically, the whole point of chapter 12 is just as much as God is concerned about us living clean, pure, holy lives. He wants us to be clean and pure in our living, eating, and even in our childbirth. The whole point of this lesson is to make sure that the standard for a healthy life and living is knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt 
that God wants us to be physically well, even as we strive to be spiritually well. So to sum up today's lesson, I told you it was going to be relatively short, short lesson today. To sum up today's lesson, there are some life applications that I really want to share with us as we get ready to close. Some life applications from this lesson. I pray that you have seen already with our lessons from Leviticus, there are life applications uh, that I want us to really dive into. So let's take a look at the life applications that should come from this lesson. All right. Point number one. Number one, letter A, number one, cleanliness is next to godliness. There is no getting around it. There is no getting away from it. All right. We must be, God wants us to be physically and spiritually pure just as we are uh, God wants us to be physically pure just as we are spiritually pure. God cares about our health, our wealth, and our spirituality. All right? Letter B, from birth to death, every aspect of our lives should represent God. Every aspect of life should represent God. From birth to life, from the time we enter this world, to the time we end or leave this world, we should be representative of the creativity, the compassion, the concern, and the care of God. Number three, God cares about your physical and your spiritual health. You've heard me say that at a number of times for the last three weeks, that God wants to be concerned. God cares about us spiritually. You know, let me let me take a break from this and just say this. What good is it, y'all, for us to strive for um, material gain and we're too sick to enjoy it? What good is it, y'all, for us to ask God to bless us with finances and we are don't even have the mental ability to know how to deal with it? You know? I, my prayer to God for my life and even for yours is that God would help us to remain strong, help us to remain focused on his will, his way, according to his word. That's, that's the whole point that we're trying to drive today. God cares about your physical health. God wants you to eat right. God wants us to exercise. You know, folks take that verse where Paul says, um, bodily exercise profiteth little. We take it totally out of context. That's not what he, he's not saying that bodily exercise is no good. He says compared to spiritual exercise, bodily exercise profiteth little, but there is some profit. That's the thing we got to hold on to. There is profit in taking care of this temple. There's profit in taking care of this body. There's profit in eating right, exercising, resting. I know Sister Sean is so happy today because this lesson ties in to some of the things she's been telling us every month during health and wellness, that we got to take care of ourselves. We got to drink water. We got to go to the doctor. We, we've got to be found doing the things that take care of this temple, this dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. God cares about our physical and our spiritual health. Letter D, letter D, let's wrap up. 
We must pray that our discernment remains strong. We must pray for spiritual discernment. We need to know what God expects of us. And not only what God expects of us, but how we must carry ourselves. We got to pray every day of our lives that God would help us see the things that we need to see. That God would help us be mindful of the things we need to be mindful of. That we are always taking care of not only our bodies and our spirits, but everything. Fifth thing that I need us to understand Life application from today's lesson or this lesson from chapters 10, 11, and 12. Always remember, beloved, we are redeemed to serve God freely. John 4 says that God is a spirit and they that worship him should worship him in spirit and in truth. You ought to make it up in your minds every day of your life to realize you have been redeemed or here's a better word, you have been clean to serve God freely. God has prepared you. God has redeemed you, the Bible says. God redeemed us from the curse of the law. We've been redeemed from it. We've been bought back. We've been cleaned up. We've been set free from the curse of the law. And the word of God says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So we understand that through our redemption to serving and living for God, we must be found doing the things that bring glory, honor, and not shame to his name. Amen? Which leads me to the last thing, um, the last life application for this lesson. We are able to make a difference in living by knowing right from wrong. You remember the old saying, when you know better, you do better. When you know better, you strive for better. When you know better, you ought to live better. You know, once you know what you should and shouldn't be doing, you know, a person who is diabetic can live a long time if they do what's right. Now, if we take care of our bodies and do what's right, we can live a long time but we have to be found doing the right things. Now, I know as we shared in the beginning of this lesson, you know, some folks would probably got upset with me, particularly with chapter 11, uh, verse number seven, that said that the pig was unclean and that the children of Israel were not supposed to eat the pig. I need us to really make sure that we understand that this particular teaching is originally and solely designed for the nation of Israel. The question immediately comes up then, well, pastor, why is it necessary for us to study it? Remember what I've shared with you about the Old Testament. The Old Testament lays the foundation for the new. The Old Testament gives us an area of appreciation for the new, all right? So in understanding that and in developing that and having an understanding for it, what it does is it helps us understand how powerful grace is compared to being governed by the law. If we were to be governed by the law, some of us wouldn't make it. Amen. I'm going to say it again. If we were governed by the law, th this law that we are studying right now, 
If we are governed by that law, some of us wouldn't make it. We would be exiled. We would be excommunicated. Some of us would have been dead. But thank God for grace. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And as I shared in the outset, relatively short lesson today, relatively short, very short lesson today. And as always, if you have any questions from our lesson today, I welcome you to place those questions in the comment section. As always, as we always state, if you are in the morning class, please give me a moment or two to wrap up the morning class, and uh, I will see your question in the comment section and we'll be glad to answer it. Um, if you're in the evening class, do know um, that we are behind the scenes and uh, we will be glad to answer your questions at that time. I am certainly thankful and grateful to God that we are beginning to see that God cares about his people. God cares about us, beloved. God wants what's best for us. God wants the best, the rest of our lives to be the best of our lives. And he has set it up as such that we can enjoy true life, true living as we embrace the law and thank God for the structure that comes through the law. Let us also be found thanking God for the grace that is extended to us as New Testament believers. Next week, if the Lord shall say the same, we're going to take a break. Next week, there will be no Bible study uh, next week due to the fact that we're preparing to celebrate the holiday. And then, of course, I have a obligation that I have to meet on next Tuesday, which would have me away. So there will be no Bible study next week, um, next Tuesday or next Thursday, with next Thursday being Thanksgiving Day. Um, there will be no Bible study next week, next Tuesday, or next Thursday. We will return uh, with Bible study on the following Tuesday. And uh, let me give you our holiday schedule. It should come up on the screen right now. Uh, let me share our holiday schedule with you very quickly uh, as we prepare to close. Um, there will be no Bible study next Tuesday, the 21st, or next Thursday, the 23rd. Uh, we will return with Bible study on Tuesday, November the 28th, and Tuesday, November, December the 5th. Those will be the final two, I'm sorry, three Bible studies. November 28th, I just saw it, December the 5th, and December the 12th. December the 12th will be our final Bible study for year 2023. Um, with the Thursday New Testament class, and I'll share it as well, um, there will be no Bible study on Thursday, December the, November the 23rd, but there will be Bible study on Thursday, November 30th, on Thursday, November the 7th, and on Thursday, December the 14th. Uh, by virtue of the fact that our Thursday classes are totally virtual, those will continue to roll through the 14th. Our Bible studies will end for 2023 on Tuesday, December 12th for the Old Testament, Thursday, December 14th for the New Testament. And if the Lord shall spare our lives, we're going to take um, a three-week break. So there will be no Bible study on December 19th and 21st, December 26th and 28th 
or, or January 2nd and January 4th. Bible study will resume on Tuesday, January the 9th, 2024, and the New Testament on Thursday, January the 11th. So I definitely wanted to share that information with you so that you can see where we're going as we prepare to bid farewell to 2023 and excitedly embrace uh, the beginning of yet another new year. It is my heart's desire um, to wrap up the next lesson um, over the course of the next three weeks. We've got chapters 13, 14, and 15. And I wanna encourage you, you may wanna go ahead and begin to read those three chapters um, as we deal with standards for spiritual life and living. Uh, we're gonna to continue to talk about this principle of clean and unclean um, in those three chapters. So you definitely wanna be a part of that. Um, we're planning to wrap that up before we end Bible study uh, for uh, the year. So by all means, stay with us, stick with us, stay in with us, but do not forget, and this is particularly uh, to those who are joining us virtually in our Church Beyond Walls, keep in mind, there will be no Bible study next week, next Tuesday or next Thursday. Enjoy the holiday, happy Thanksgiving, enjoy time with family and with friends. As we get ready to close today, let's continue to pray one for another. Pray for all of our sick, all of our shut-in, families whose hearts are saddened in bereavement. Let's continue to pray that God gives them strength and comfort in the days to come. Blessings upon you is our prayer. Let's close now with a word of prayer. Dear God, we say thank you once again for this opportunity to come together and gain knowledge and study of your word. God, I say thank you that even in this lesson, thank you, God, that we have seen today that you care about us, not only spiritually, but physically. You, you care about our health and our holiness. God, you want us to be clean physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and financially. So God, we give our lives, our total lives to you ask you to have your way in every area of our lives. Clean us up, fix us up, straighten us up, lead us, guide us, and direct us that everything we do say and think be found pleasing in your sight and to the glory of your name. God, I pray now as always that you would bless everyone who's listening, everyone who's watching, bless their families, bless their homes. God, bless everything that's connected to them. God, we know that you can, we know that you will. And we say thank you for doing it right now. All that I have failed in asking, please do not fail in giving. For Lord, you know what we need better than we know what to ask for. This is our prayer. We offer it now. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we praise. Amen and amen. Blessings upon all of you is our prayer. Thank you for joining us for Bible study this Tuesday. We certainly look forward to having you join us again on Tuesday, November the 28th. There, a reminder, no Bible study next week. We'll be back on the 28th to continue our walk through the word of the Lord. Until such time, continue to be blessed, be safe, stay well, and know as always, beloved, we love you all.